So this episode with Jason Boyer from Boyer Vertical is episode two. It's a continuation of episode one, where Jason told us about his past and how he got to where he is. And then from this point, he's talking about Art House and Karma, two of his major developments, and how these benefit the people who live in them. So please enjoy. Welcome to Talk Design Show, where creatives have conversations. I'm Adrian Ramsey, your host, and having lived a life of design myself, I wanted to share with you the creatives that inspire me and in turn may inspire you. Thank you for listening and please enjoy. And so um, an opportunity came across my, um, my door uh, really at a time of need where I, w- I, I was working for a large corporate architecture firm and it was in the, you know, it was the, the recession here. Right. Uh, and um, they, uh, they let me go. I was leading the, uh, in the Phoenix office for a national practice and um, they, uh, they, they downsized. Yeah. Right. And I was, I was the victim of that. And so um, that's I, probably because you got the biggest salary. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they went, how, how do we, how do we save a bunch of money? Uh, that guy, what's that guy's name? Yeah. <laughs> You're at the top of the spreadsheet. <laughs> there's, there's probably a, a handful of reasons, including some people issues at the time. Yeah. But um Anyway, the, the impetus was for, for, for Art House was really founded out of needing to figure out what was next. Yeah. Um, so, so I found myself out of a job, just had a kid, which happened to be a great period of time because I, I spent the first year of my daughter's life mostly at home, whereas the prior 10 years, I was all mostly over the at work. States yeah. doing work and at work and um, so the, you know, the back to the, everything happens for a reason, which I yeah. don't always believe in, but in this case made a lot of sense, right? I was home for that first year, which really created a foundational connection. Can you between- imagine, like I had the similar one with my eldest daughter and now I look back and I go, oh, wow. Like what a joy, well, there was a learning curve. Tell me about that. But, um, <laughs> I wouldn't give back a second of it. Yeah, yeah. That just that it it, it yeah it, it reshaped my life. It's um incredible, incredible. Yeah. Mm. So that you know that that event turned into a a, a moment and and then created the opportunity for Art House, which was basically a, a relationship connection that I had in the city of Phoenix. Introduced me to a piece of dirt. He knew I was kind of interested in in uh, infill and had an idea of some of my capabilities and um i came up with a scheme and met with him he's like oh yeah this is exactly what's needed there and um ultimately got control of the land through a messy public rfp process yeah um and uh you know at the, at the time i had zero zero idea of how to do a performa yeah right raise capital yeah um these were all things i learned this was all brand new with a brand new i I didn't go to school (laughs) 
with a, I don't have a finance degree. Uh, I used a spreadsheet to validate a budget for a you know building normally, not not uh, um, not not do a performa. So yeah, uh, these are all things I basically learned um, off the back of um, there. There's a guy in San Diego, Jonathan Siegel. Oh, uh, I've heard of him. Right. So he he's he's the kind of I wouldn't say he's the first, but he may be the most recent modern. Mm-hmm. example of the architect as developer model. And um, I kind of followed his model, if you will, remotely, um, used used his material to help help um, train me. And then, uh, you know, I took a few risks and put myself out there. And um, I actually did something called, um, you're familiar with Shark Tank? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Shark Tank is yeah. a great yeah. show, right? Great so, show. So uh, the urban, you know, the Urban Land Institute. No. So the Urban Land Institute, it's it's a it's worldwide organization. Uh, it's maybe more robust in in. Um, or maybe I'm just not educated enough to know it. But yeah, I'm going to write I it down and look it up. Yeah, you should, well, you should check it. it out. It's, it's a yeah. pretty it's a pretty robust real estate organization, mm-hmm. and uh, so they hosted the first annual uh, Shark Tank for real estate in in Arizona. And so I submitted a deal and I went, I got up there and I pitched my project, which was art house in front of the, in front of a room of 350 people. Just a little crit, a little crit for the office. To get (laughs) get money. Right. Yeah. And and I'm only after your money. Yeah. And uh, you know, I could, I could give a good presentation because I did Uh that all the time and I could put a good, good deck together. And And you've got financial savviness. So that also meant that you would have covered yourself off in every way possible. That would have been a piece you wouldn't want to fall down on. Yeah. But I I got up there and I did that. And I I mean, there were a lot of holes in it, Mm -hmm. but that, that moment um, really created an opportunity. So the, the, the moral there is if you're willing to stick your neck out, and do so in a way that you actually can help educate others. Other people will will respond, right? So now people, serious, experienced real estate developers and investors were willing to pick up the phone. Yeah, wow. Right, because they're like, this kid, well, I was like maybe slightly more than a kid, but still <laughs> a kid in terms of- Of, of architecture and real estate. Yeah, a, a junior, an absolute junior right? in terms so, of real estate. I mean- it opened it. It opened a lot of doors. Yeah, for me, and, um, and through just a lot of conversations and relationships, and back to that resilience point. Ultimately, I was able to get financing, but it took seriously it was the hardest part of the project. It uh-huh. took it took twelve months to secure the debt and equity that it yeah, took wow. to build to build Art House, and yep. um, it was a foundational kind of uh period of time for me because it was painful um i you know i didn't exactly know what i was doing and i was figuring it out and um you know learning as i go right yeah learning on uh, the fly and uh with a ticking time as well because at some point you know you either have to go well yep i've pulled this you got to sit at right. the dinner table and say honey i've got it all together or i'm just getting a job yeah <laughs> like, right well that's, that's there's right. a there's a there's a timeline that's shifting as you go yeah yeah that that moment happened right and it, it sort of comes down to okay do i believe 
<laughs> in my ability to do what I've told everybody else I can do. I can do. I, right? I don't think there's a business person who grows their business that doesn't have a couple of those. Dude, but you're going to do it publicly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I got to that point and, and I'm like, okay, we're, we're doing, I'm doing this, right? Um, and, um, so ultimately I secured the, secured the debt and we went, went forward and, um, you know, the, the project delivered a few months late, of course, because it never goes as mm -hmm. fast as you think it's going mm -hmm. to and a handful of hurdles and learning experiences along the way. Um, including the fact that it took about an additional year to sell everything. Oh. The market wasn't as robust then as it is right. now. You know, yeah. like today it's smoking hot. Like yeah, hot. today you would have like doubled your money on every one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that but that wasn't today. Time. Yeah, it wasn't today. A different different yeah. time. But you work through those things. Those those are called hurdles. Yeah, to, uh, I, I've worked on a development with somebody a, a while back and we don't do much of that kind of work. And um, we the market was, yeah, it wasn't good at all. And he kind of sold one of them, which gave him the ability to hold the other. And he's a savvy businessman, so it was only a duplex, but um, it gave him the ability to hold it. And, you know, ultimately he, in that little bit of hold, he rented it and he held it. And in that hold, he made the profit that he should have made on both at the start, but it took mm -hmm. another three years. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sometimes that's what it takes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm learning stuff all the time. I mean, biggest thing that I've come, come to find out too is, I mean, look, everybody knows this, but I'll say it again, but you should never burn bridges, right? Mm-hmm something doesn't go your way, then maybe it just doesn't go your way, but leave, leave things in a tidy manner and right. Mm -hmm. Don't close doors because mm -hmm. I, I've had this happen twice now over the last two years where something that I wanted to do from a real estate standpoint has come back right to, to my favor. Yeah. Right. And so, um, you know, in the end, Art House was 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 a success. The 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 I think the building is just as beautiful today as it as is when you conceived it. Yeah, it opened. Yeah, and the people that live there love living there. They love it because they they know it's it's just something more considerate. You know, mm -hmm. the design is better. It feels good, right? I mean, the people that live there live there because of the design. Yeah, they they're in. Yeah, well, there's a there's a thing as well. You know, they're not living there. They they had choices of where they could live, but right. they chose it because of what it would deliver back to them, as them as humans. Yeah, yeah, like, that's a good good way of putting it. What what it what it gives back. Yeah, right? and, yeah. And I think a good a good piece of architecture does give back to oh. the human soul, right? <laughs> Right. You certainly know on the other scale of it, a bad piece gives back tenfold. Right, you can't get out fast enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody can relate to that, you know, like There's everybody's got it. Yeah. So then a good piece. Yeah, this is an interesting thing. This, I used to work in the clothing industry and I used to design, I was a, a licensed Gore-Tex designer. So to, to use the, the fabric Gore-Tex, you have to be um, registered or licensed to use it. And one of the biggest things with Gore-Tex was is how do people associate comfort when they only have comfort? 
So you need discomfort to, to appreciate comfort. And he's using an analogy, a story of it was, so you're going to go hiking and it's going to be, you know, you're going to need wet weather gear. And I'm going to give you a plastic bag because that'll keep you dry. It'll keep you hundred percent dry. No problem. I'm going to wrap you in plastic, but you will sweat and you will be desperately uncomfortable. You'll lose your um, mineral salts out of your body. You'll lose all these things. Your body won't function properly and all the rest. Um, so you'll fatigue quicker. You won't make the journey. You'll put your life at risk. Um, more so with dehydration and stuff like this. And then there's Gore-Tex, which is kind of the market benchmark for everything. Then there's Gore-Tex. And then Gore-Tex, yeah, you won't experience any of those things. You'll experience the rain on your face maybe, but you'll be perfectly dry and you'll be perfectly comfortable. And you, your body won't fatigue as quick. Yeah. yeah. But if you've only ever worn it, how do you know what the difference is? And so if you, unless you've lived in a crappy house or a crappy apartment or experienced something like that, you don't know what good can be. And then, you know, there's the old saying is, is that, you know, good is the enemy of the best because people will settle for good. But the best is actually something else. And like when you take a considered approach, like you're saying with Art House and now Karma, you're pushing them to the best as opposed to just the good. You're yeah. trying to consider it at that depth. And I think it's, yeah, it's a really that whole thing of associating discomfort, but you need to experience something often to actually go, I don't want that again. And people don't get to do that often enough. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's right. Um, I mean, look, they all come down to choices and experiences, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes people just don't know, know better and different and, um and um that's why travel's so important right yeah i mean yeah. You, you just don't know till you've been there i mean you, somebody could tell you a story you could read a book but until you've been there and you've experienced whatever that thing is that you know just tickles you the right way yeah you just don't get it right you just you just don't and, and it's just a story or an idea until you actually experience yeah something. the experiential side is, is what's so important and, and that is something that you know what good architects can deliver mm -hmm. in in, a, in any kind of building right mm -hmm. they can orchestrate all of these uh forces if you will and 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 when i say forces it's everything from you know how the sun comes in to how much material uh you choose to use or you know wood versus stone uh versus drywall for instance yeah. right hard surfaces here, soft surfaces you can you can make the dumbest materials look beautiful uh -huh. and you can use the most luxurious materials and make them look dumb <laughs> in excessive ways that just are stupid yeah right yeah so the the value of uh, a good architect designer planner uh uh uh, is how they orchestrate those things right and um you know what i'm trying to do is then couple um being able to deliver that in a way that i you know i go find a project and then i and i and i build it right i love that um, i love that uh, because there there's there has to be care taken at every step a hundred percent. I think this is this is where before we started recording, we were talking, and this was like such a key critical point was 
you you're taking responsibility not only just the care by setting up boy vertical you've taken the responsibility at each step to take that care to yeah, get that to fair. the end product and it's and this. it's all you it's it's your name it's you if the you know if somebody comes knocking it's jason who gets the call or opens the door and goes okay yeah cool this is where we're at with it this is what's happening and i it, it's a I think it's a really noble thing. I think it's a really noble thing to be able to go, I will take that responsibility. But at the end of it, my aim as an outcome is, is that the people who live here get a better life out of living here or a better um, experience in life out of living here. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's, that's right. Um, um, and, uh, you know, I just want to do cool things, right? I used to say, I just want to do some cool shit. Yeah, some cool shit back like Lego right. times. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I, but I also have a responsibility to deliver no. financially for my investors because these things don't happen without no. people. Um, I, you know, I have to sell myself. I have to sell my ability to deliver and on a vision. And, and somebody has to buy into that vision that other people are going to buy into that vision, right? 100%. Because you you have to raise the capital in order to do the thing that other people will be will be drawn to, right? Yeah. And and so you end, you end up with investors at several levels, right? Because you, the, the end user is an investor in many in many aspects, right? right? Yeah, of course, right? Um, I'm certainly an investor. My family's an investor for dealing uh-huh. with my my you know moody issues when I come home upset <laughs> something didn't go the right that day which is just about every day um, but um, you know uh, uh, I, I just want to underscore the the notion that um, you know I'm just trying to I, I believe that I can deliver a good well-designed experience i think you've gone past with, that you've already proven or the that same or, or or you know nearly same cost that somebody else can do it over here yeah yeah you know what i'm saying yeah and um, in, in a market range yeah like, i think you did that with art house that's you proved that that you can do that and now it's just building off that build off that block and that foundation of being able to go you know what if i can do if i can be the contractor can i make it even better can I can I improve this again? Like how each step is like the depth of being able to go. Okay, I've taken more control, more risk, more responsibility, but can I make a better product at the end of it because of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's it, 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 I mean that's 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 the promise, right? Yeah, hundred percent. And look, there's no way that you're not donkey deep in it with some skin in the game. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. I've got a last question because I've found this fascinating. And I've got I've got a page of notes, but I've got a last question, which is gonna be uh it's one that I ask a lot of people. And um it's if if you could only do one more project and you could never do another one, this is the legacy project you leave behind. Oh. There's no your pencil down man at the end of it that's it this is it you're finished but you get to live on with whatever you created what would you create and it and why you know why would you create this particular thing 
Oh, geez. You don't ask easy questions, do you? This is a tough one because I look at, I look at it and I go, this is like asking somebody who is, you know, say, 20 years old the same question because you're only a few years into this business. And, um, and if you had one last piece, and I could give you some tips of fancy answers people have given me to get around this question, but I'll do that later. <laughs> um, but yeah, what would you choose? What would it be? Well, uh, look, here, here's the deal. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm two, two years into this professional reboot, right? Mm-hmm. And um, karma's plugging around, plugging along pretty well. We sold um, nine of the 11 homes. We just wow. moved the first, first buyers in the other day. And, and the spaces are fantastic um, yeah. other than there's still construction going on everywhere. Sure. We've got one, you know, one brave family that's like, Oh no, we're, we're, we're ready. You know, ready. So we're here. <laughs> um, but I think um, part of the challenge of doing what I'm doing and trying to build my business while I'm building projects is um, uh, uh I said this before, I'm sort of working myself out of business. So yeah. I'm constantly looking for the next project or next projects. And so I, I have uh, notions of things that I wanted to, to do. And some of them are more, um, um, let's say, kind of foundational to just keeping um, um the, the boy vertical moving forward. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but there is one uh, project that I've um, sort of been, I spent a lot of research on it actually last, last summer I had a couple of interns that I picked plucked away from one of the classes I was teaching at ASU. Yeah. And they worked for me for about five months and we did a ton of research. And so anyway, um, there's this area um, in Northern Arizona called Flagstaff. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and, no. um, so I've been looking for land up there for a project that I want to do, um, which would be a collection of uh, modern cabins in the forest. Oh, wow. And, and yeah, Flagstaff's that sort of area, too. I've been to yeah, Flagstaff. Yeah, because it's, you know, Phoenix is 1,800 feet and, uh-huh. you know, it's hot. And Flagstaff at its base is is uh, just under 7,000. Yeah. And then you have peaks. So yeah. in winter, you can drive two and a half hours and be skiing. Yeah. From Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, it's not it's not like you're skiing the Alps, but, you know, it's, it's uh, you can do it, right? I Years ago, I was, uh, I've traveled a lot in America and I'm like you said before about traveling and experiencing things. I am regularly on a plane. I think it's just so important. And uh, Flagstaff is one of the places that uh, I was in a camper van and traveling through there. And it was one of the places that I, we, we hung out for a few days there and then also just ticked it in a box that was like, there's a place to continue to go back to. Um, it's a place that you put on your list because it's so beautiful and because mm-hmm. I, I love the mountains. So I live by the sea, but I love the mountains. Mm. Yeah. Well, you need, need a little bit of both in your life if you can yeah. get it, right? Yeah. So, um, so anyway, I have this, this concept um, and, it, it, you know, a lot of things that I work on these days are, are things that are built around things that I want in my life mm-hmm. and my family's life. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm not working just to pay the bills anymore. I'm working for. Um, You're building a legacy of your own yeah. experience and, and your yeah. family's experience. I love that. 
So um, the, the the really the concept is is just to to create a, a a place where people can go and reconnect with what's important, right? Yeah. Less less technology and more family and outdoor spaces and just beautiful living areas um, and connect to the outdoors and and the area around Flagstaff I think is well suited for that. Uh-huh. Um, there, there's a lot of you know your Airbnb crap and you know yeah sure the there's a lot of things like that up there that you can go and but there's nothing um, there's nothing that's been done in a really um, thoughtful that considered way, way yeah that and, and so I think there's an opportunity for that and so the the name I'll share the name the project name is called pause up like pause what's like, up take yeah. a moment and pause yeah um and so I've, I've found some land and uh uh that um I think it's going to be a kind of phased project but um it'll have multiple scales so there'll be a variety of family cabins and there'll be these little treehouse units that you can uh-huh. you can rent uh-huh. that'll be part of like a managed rental pool um, uh-huh. and i'll uh you know i want to i want to find somebody to live live on the property as the kind of curator yeah yeah because i think you need that you need that kind of I think you if do. Goes wrong, you need you need the immediate kind of attention, and then I mm. want to tap into the local artisans and and uh, you know craftsmen and and uh, foodies to get the right you know food vibe going. And have you ever been to um, Serenby, which is I'm, t- I'm talking about turn because I haven't. What, but... I've I've looked at it. Yeah, yeah. A yeah. friend of mine, Tim Brown, who's an architect, him and I constantly go. We get he's been. We go. We've got to go. We've got to go. And um, a, I've never got there. Yeah, it's. I think so, or else it may be on the Gulf Coast. I'm not sure. It's um, it's maybe North Carolina, South Carolina, or something like uh, that. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I think it's yeah. the Carolina. Thing, I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. But that a similar kind of um, maybe not. I because I don't know either of the all project or theirs well enough, but a similar kind of feeling that it's about, I think Serenby is where you go to live, but this may be where you're talking about is where you go to stay um, and come and go from, but like, yeah, it, it, it engages in, in the environment yeah. around it. Um, it does all those things. I was recently in uh, um, Sundance in um, Utah and uh, which is Robert Redford was the the founder of sort of the Sundance right. ski area and stuff. And it's got a really lovely, doesn't quite have that town centre kind of piece, but it does have a really lovely engagement with everything around it. So uh, you're talking about it and I'm going, yeah, I want to go there. That's that, that to me is like, yeah, where I want to spend time. That, that yeah. just says it, everything to me. It's a place you go to reconnect with what's yeah. important. And and have the artisans around you and, as you said, like the food around you and all those pieces, but not necessarily that you're in like a, you know, the Whistler Ski Village. It's not that. It's it's a lot calmer. It's a lot more connected. That's right. The the idea being that if if you want to engage with something, you can. It's there, but it's a little removed. This will be just a little outside of town. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Everything's not there to entertain you. 
Yeah. But everything yeah. is there to entertain you. You know, it's a, it, you, a, entertainment could be just a really lovely walk in the woods or, you yeah. know, whatever, fishing, listening to bird song, bird watching, whatever it is, looking at plants, you know, it's taking, like it says, paws up. It, it's taking yeah. time to, to just consider yeah. life. Mm. So I don't know. I mean, at, at, at this moment, this snapshot that I can give you that that's my answer, because I think that's, it's something that I've been thinking of for probably three years. Yeah. I'm a few months away from acting on, uh, from a real estate acquisition standpoint. And, uh, I think it's going to take several years to manifest Mm -hmm. into, um the you know the first realization and then there'll be a couple of iterations over time um to to make it right but you know ultimately um i i think it can be something that's really special in in people's lives i think if you look at your past projects which i did in researching you you know like um with karma and certainly with um art house the considered piece is the part and then considering it in its landscape and then delivering um i i want to say this came from a conference i was at recently where appropriate is the is the passport everything is above what needs to be appropriate for the project it is so it's considered it's like when you were describing art house and you were saying about you know just taking the time to recognize how the light comes across the wall um and that is like creating curated environments where that happens for people but in taking in nature and being able to be at one with all of the nature and um experiencing it mm-hmm. i think you yeah. know yeah i, I, yeah, I love that so the, so the hard part is like executing i've, I've been i've been I've, I've leaked this information to a couple people over the last six or eight months i've just kind of shared like i'm, I'm going to do this thing i'm doing it Right. You, you'll have to and, now. We go out to about forty-five thousand people a week. So. Oh my god! I, 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 I still have. Well, you'll um, have to bring me and say, Adrian, cut that bit out. Uh, no. <laughs> I know. I still have every 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 month or so. I get somebody to send me an email out of the blue. They'll 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 find a way to find me because I'm not actively pushing it or yes. anything. Yeah. And then they this sounds amazing. Where, where do I sign up? Yeah. Where, where, where do I put my name down? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So I, I think there's a, I think there's a ravenous audience out there for, for this kind of. I um, think, I think it's something that's been under, under um, delivered so hugely that there is, there's sort of like a condo market in the, in the environment. And then there's, but there's not a considered, there might be some small developments around that are really considered, but there's not like, it, it, it's not kind of in the general genre of what's available. Yeah. And I think that's the difference. I think, you know, suddenly you're, you're, you're going to put something in there that is, I think will be a growing category. And certainly yeah. there's been some great, um, I want to say small boutique hotels that have tried to tackle this kind of, uh, attack on things, you know, like how they how they're offering experience like that, but probably more curated in the um, controls because it's a hotel and there's a different expectation of delivery. Um, 
from not just the architecture, but from service. And in this case, it's from the architecture and the environment. The yeah. service is actually what they bring for themselves. Right. Um, That's right. That's yeah. yeah I, I don't, I don't want to, I'm not in the hotel yeah. business. No, no, and, not yet. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I'd look at the end of the day, it, it's, um, um, feel like some of my own and my family's own sensibilities are, are some of the same sensibilities that others are attracted to. Right. Sure. And so, um, those, you know, that, you know, I use my, honestly, I use my wife and daughter all the time as, as, uh, um, you know, got like, Hey, what do you think about this person? A hundred percent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because you've got similar values and they'll yeah. also tell you if they think that you're being an idiot, like, or that you've fallen short, they'll be so honest. It's not funny. Right. Right. You'll, right. you'll hear it. You'll hear it. Sure. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They know that you'll still come home. Yeah. <laughs> Jason, that's been yeah. awesome, man. Like really, really fantastic. I oh, loved, this is, this is fun. Not loved our it. chat. Loved our chat. Um, we'll post all your socials and all the bits and pieces of how to get hold of you. We've got all that. We'll post all that. Then, Amazing. Well, look, I'm serious when you're in the hood oh, next time. I'm planning it. And thank you for your time today. It's been brilliant. I've got a page oh, of, of notes. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Super. Cheers. Thank you. Richard's Magic Arrows is brought to you by the Architect Marketing Institute. Clean, simple, sugar-free magic arrows that hit the mark for fast results. Let's fire a magic arrow into this week's problem. Now, I know feed pressure is one of the biggest things facing designers. It doesn't matter what level you're at. There is no one golden bullet for it. Uh, if it was, it was probably select the right type of clients. But if you're in a situation where you're being pressured on fees, I'm going to give you a way of dealing with it. And it's by asking say three questions and this is called takeaway selling so this is where you kind of offer something up and then you take it away and see if they follow you it's almost like imagine if you had some hot ch chocolate cookies and you had a plate full of them you put them in front of them, someone and then they went to reach out and then you you pulled it away and you see if they get up and follow you it's that type of thing so this is called takeaway selling so the first question you ask you say well why don't you just leave the situation as it is why why make the change that's an unusual thing for a designer to say. Well, why not just leave it as it is? And see how they answer. And then you might say, why did you want to speak to me? Why did you not get someone else? And see if they follow you. See if they answer properly. And the third question would be, well, why not do it later? Now, by asking these negative questions, you're going to get a lot more information out of someone than by trying to convince them to do it. Because by pulling the plate of hot cookies away, they're either going to react or they're not. And if they do react and give you answers and explain why it's important, then what they're doing is telling you how important something is. Now, while these magic arrows are great for fast results, when you're ready to run better quality projects from clients who value great design and are prepared to pay great fees, I've got a special training just for you. Go to archmarketing.org forward slash talk design. Take your magic arrow and fire at will.